Hey, welcome to What Are We Doing, a podcast from The Highlander. Richard Bradley is a candidate for Minden Hills Ward 1. I talked with Richard about his vision for Minden Hills and his plan for tackling the hot button issues in Minden Hills and Halberton County as a whole. Hi, my name is Richard Bradley. I'm uh, retired. I worked pretty much my whole career in labor, um, negotiations. Um, I certainly have learned about uh, uh, arbitration and litigation when required, but it's not, you know, what I prefer. But I am now retired. I'm here, you know, full time. Um, I bought, I was lucky enough to buy the family cottage um, where I live and, uh, and where I will draw my last breath. Um, been married for 36 years. I have four kids and two grandchildren. Um, and I think it's, you know, just my time, hopefully, to, uh, to give back now that I have more time. And, uh, you know, uh, I want to listen to people and uh, help them with, uh, with their encounters with municipal government and make positive changes where that's possible. Um, and reasonable. You've uh, you've run for council before. Could you talk a little bit about what inspired you to run initially, and and why you're putting your name in the hat again? Um, initially, well, it's always been you know because I care. Um, it's I've always kind of you know wanted to be involved. People, you know, I've I've done a lot of advocacy work in my career whether it's in the labor side of things or for, uh, for uh, the disabled, because, you know, one of my sons is autistic. And, and I just think, you know, having a, a voice of advocacy and, and being able to use it and being willing to use it and help people is always something I wanted to do, and I still want to do it. And uh, hopefully for the next four years, I can. And when you look at the role of a counselor in a place like Minden, uh, why do you believe you're qualified for that role? What skills do you bring to the table? Well, uh, again, going back to the advocacy role, and and um, you know, it's and it's not about it's not about power. I, I I don't want power. What I want to do is help people. And again, uh, you know, my answer to a to a problem is not no. It's how. So how are we going to solve? If there's a problem, how are we going to solve it? And how are we going to if if it's something that has to go before council? How are we going to actually have a majority of a council support something? So it's it's about building bridges. It's not about building fences and getting into, you know, power and control matters. It's it's a matter of working together. And the overall focus is, of course, working for the betterment of of Minden and beyond that, of course, Halliburton and the county. Um, but I mean, it is the most local level of government, um, and. We need to be both proactive and, and planning ahead and, and, and making things better and reactive when stuff happens and when people need stuff to happen that we can help them with. And I think words like proactive or reactive or working together, um, I, I know what you mean, but for people listening, right. are there any concrete examples of things you'd like to change? When you look at how council has operated, um, let's say there's a big issue coming up uh, that council needs to deal with, what concrete steps or what concrete ways would you be proactive in order to to solve it? Well, uh, I guess just making sure people know, right? Because not everybody knows and follows the website or follows the stuff. And, and when, when an issue is coming up that's important to a certain 
group of people, whatever it may be, that everybody's aware of it. That, you know, whether or not there's a requirement to notify them, that somehow, whether it's through the website or through uh, calling a, you know, like a standing here, at, you know, and maybe sitting on this bench or whatever it is and telling people, hey, you know, this is important. This is coming up. It could be flood mitigation. It could be, um, you know, it could be a boat launch that's still not figured out a public could be any number of people but engaging people so that it isn't it doesn't seem to be that we're operating in a vacuum and i don't know there's a little bit of a vacuum because not everybody can be plugged in all the time but again when something affects somebody they need to know that it's happening right and and so to help that process and make sure people know what's going on and in fact you know listen to their concerns and sometimes that can certainly change like nothing has a predetermined outcome and change the outcome and what i really want to see is for any given situation whether it's a bylaw or an individual thing or for the township is and this is what i strive for my whole career of work is i want the best result for whether it's the individual or the row like the street or the lake or the town or or you know beyond that the you know Halliburton County, Ontario, the world, is that whatever the best result is, and I don't define that, the people who are the stakeholders in the issue need to define what the best possible outcome is. And once you've achieved, you know, figured out what the best possible outcome is, then you look at how to achieve it. And as I've always said, uh, you don't never change your goals. You can slightly modify your goals, but once you've established a firm goal, then it's about how to get there. And you changing your tactics, changing your path, going down a different road, not a problem. But when there's a solid goal that you need to achieve, you go for it. And I think uh, most of this interview, I want to look forward to, uh, you know, the future of Minden Hills. But exactly. I want to give people kind of some concrete examples of what you're talking about. Because uh, most counselors, every counselor I've talked to is said the same thing that they they feel that coordinating and communicating with the public is really important to to achieve goals and build bridges uh but i'm struggling to find or understand you know concrete examples of of that and what you're talking about when you look in the past of the past four years is there a specific example where you think communication could have been better or you would have liked to act differently if you were on council not to you know point fingers but are there any decisions yeah, you're I, thinking well, of? Well, I mean, I, I know it's been going on a long time, and I know there's a big rush to pass it. I know it's at the county level, and I know they did pass the shoreline bylaw because they felt there was a, you know, some impetus to get it done in the case that maybe it wouldn't get done, and maybe a new council wouldn't do it, and those kind of things. And, and I'm not, you know, the shoreline bylaw is, has been studied for five years. Um, but I think... You know, I don't think one's legacy is, as a counselor or as a mayor or as whatever is defined uh, by one bylaw and, and thinking perhaps that, that something can't change because you passed it, right? The next county council, municipal council, uh, is going to be presented with things and they're going to make their best decisions at the time. Um, I, I mean, I think obviously one of the things that, you know, that needs attention well, I mean, there's always the big one. Housing, roads, all of those things. And, and I mean, there's been a lot of money spent. There have been projects over the years. We've got a new water tower. Mm. We've got a, a new arena. Um, all, all these things have, you know, big ticket items. But quite honestly, if in four years, 
one could just drive and walk around Minden and say, you know what? The roads are better. I f actually feel safe. There's roads in, in Minden Hills that aren't safe to walk on, let alone drive on. So I think the striving for big ticket items has overtaken the importance of the basics. And I would like to see us, you know, because there's a lot of money that we don't have a choice over how it's spent. It's mandated by the province. There's only a little bit in there. And of course, the biggest investment in, in, in uh, the town is staff. That's mm -hmm. the biggest big ticket item. But we need good roads. We need safe roads. And I think they've been kind of overlooked. And I'd like to see that really uh, addressed in that roads that are built smooth, safe, doesn't mean they're class one, you know, the best thing in the world where chip and tar is appropriate, chip and tar is appropriate, but they're built and maintained. Yeah. And I would, I just really like to see that as, as a goal for the next four years. And then we're going to have to deal with the other stuff as it comes along. And I guess roads uh, in particular, you know, as I don't have to tell you, that's, that's a huge issue for so many uh, voters. Uh, but the council this year, I, I, I might have to uh, edit this to put the right amount, but I believe it was like $6 million into roads. Um, you know, roads crews are working independently from council to, to maintain them. We've even gone into debt to, uh, you know, to build certain roads. Like, how would you approach this situation differently? Because I'm sure most councillors in council right now would say that roads are a priority for them already. Well, and, and I guess in action, like, I mean, I don't have to, if, if we walk over to Chando Street, that one section, there's a one block section of it, and it is not acceptable. I mean, so I guess when you prioritize making a priority list of where you're spending the money is, it has to be based on the condition of the road, not necessarily always, you know, how many people live on it. Like, if, it, if it's not safe to walk down, it and there are, like Chando Street, there's enough potholes over there you could turn an ankle, roll an ankle. You need to, to look at the condition of the roads. And there is, there's a, so the roads need study kind of yeah. ranks the roads, right? And yeah. so I, I think uh, Scotch Line, for instance, is being resurfaced, and I don't think more than 10 people live on that road. But it's, but it's also not just where you live, it's also the traffic on that road. And when you look at that road, mm -hmm. It's huge on the trot, like you're talking about, up to the dump, up to the landfill. That is probably, other than the driveway in Tim Hortons, the most traveled section of road in Minden. Mm. So, and it's horrible. I mean, it's rough. It's been cold patched over cold patches. And that road needs to be redone. I mean, big trucks go down that road. And when you've already got holes, they're just going to get bigger. And so we're, we're paying off a... Uh you know, $13 million arena at the same time, uh, we're already going to debt to uh, to fix these roads. Would you favor increasing taxes in order to, to pay for these fixes? Because roads crews are saying, you know, they're just unable to complete the work or even contract it out with the budget they've been given. Well, I think this year is, is, is and this year and the next couple of years are going to be especially sensitive with regards to just saying, well, okay, well, we'll, write, we'll just raise taxes because, I mean, the rate of inflation is already is hurting people so bad um i think it's about about again going back to core core services that a municipality can control and maybe that means something other something else needs to to be you know held off a year or two to 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 get the roads up to a minimum standard where people aren't saying 
if I could just drive, you know, or walk safely around this town, um, I'd feel so much better. So it's it's about priorities and establishing. Is there going to be a tax increase? When was the last year there wasn't? What what in you the twenty twenty two budget do you think could have been lessened in order to to you know free up more money for roads? That's that's a good one. Um, the pause is not for effect. <laughs> it's 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 trying. You know, it's quite honest. Trying to 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 pick one particular thing, mm. um, and I don't think. I, Actually, I don't think there's one particular thing that you would say we shouldn't have done or shouldn't have, but maybe in general, maybe a little less of a number of things to channel another, whether it's another 500,000 or another six or another million into the priority of roads because it, it, it is a huge and it priority. Sounds like, and it sounds like from what you're saying, you'd, you'd want to communicate to people that it's, it's kind of worth maybe spending the extra tax dollars in order to get the roads up to a certain level, even if it means raising taxes, but it, you're saying it's kind of worth but, the investment? But, but, Oh, and the investment in roads isn't—it has to be done. I mean, it just has. I mean, when you've spoken to people as I have, who have, you know, had um, shock towers on their cars uh, punched through on Queensland Road, um, obviously roads is is important to it. And and a f- let's just say, if it was five dollars or ten dollars here across the board, that's going to cost them a whole lot less than the twelve hundred dollar, you know, shock tower repair on their car. So. But I think with inf- I don't think, I mean, inflation is running so high. And, and I used to say, you know, we should always try and keep tax increases, you know, no higher than the level of inflation. Is this is a year I don't think we should be looking at trying to match inflation. We need to do things efficiently. Uh, and, uh, and, and if necessary, hit some reserves, because reserves are meant for times of time when you need reserves. And, you know, people are paying a lot of taxes and people, you know, whether it's our taxes or whether it's at the gas pump or everywhere else. And, you know, everything is is going up. This we need to be really sensitive to the fact that um, the the ability for people to actually, you know, spend money on taxes. And and here in town, another one I've been told is is, uh, you know, how much people pay. They pay they pay more for water than they do for taxes. And legislatively we can't change that because the water system has to be supported by the users but i know people that pay a thousand dollars for taxes and two thousand dollars a year for water mm. yeah, and i i guess uh now to look forward uh some i guess big big ticket big ticket items or things that are top of mind for people um you mentioned off the bat housing um affordable housing seems to be i i, th- I think it's fair to say maybe the, the biggest issue in halliburton county right now um, it's huge. Yeah, and I think with long-term residents even being forced out of the community and struggling to attract people because of the housing, um, do you have any ideas or solutions about how Minden Hills could could tackle this issue, or Halberton County in general, or what do you what do you think? Well, about as you know, as has happened up by the arena where land, you know, kind of a, a collaborative effort has been done mm-hmm. through stakeholders and shareholders and and all the rest of it to donate that land and work with other work with the county, work with the province, work with, you know to to build those things is to continue to do that and it's, and if there is land available that we can you know say okay well here we have the space and that you know as much as where it's reasonable to do where where it's you know it's not like 
we want to create a community outside, you know, on the edge of town down Highway 118 because we happen to have an acre there in the fact that we need to continue to do that. Because right now, you know, you talk about the businesses, we, we can't hire anybody. We, there's nobody here to hire. Well, the fact is, even two young people, and, you know, I have, you know, young people in my family, two people working two jobs can't afford to rent a whole lot of places around here. Um, so it, it, it goes both, you know, like the restaurant is closed because they can't staff it. Well, you have to look back and it's, I guess, my learning from uh, behavior modification and, and uh, with dealing with autism leads you back to, okay, so because they can't hire anybody, you, you need to look at what called antecedents. Why? is like you go back to the point where you really realize the six factors or five or three or seven that lead to the fact that they can't find staff and on every one of those lists no matter how long it is one of them is going to be there isn't anyone here to do the work because they can't live here they can't afford to live here and work here and um it's you know this is a lot of people are here on fixed incomes and are not working um and they don't want to work at the restaurant they're at they're not at the stage of life where they're starting a second career and we need young people to be able to work here and thrive here and and have their children go to Archie Stouffer and all the schools. I mean, enrollment in schools is way down because young parents aren't here. And I guess that kind of ties into the issue of poverty. And um, I think Halliburton is one of the poorest counties uh, in southern Ontario, at least. Um, do you have any ideas about how this, this problem should be tackled um, on a municipal level or even if outside of your control provincially? Um, what are the things you're looking at that, uh, that could help turn this around? Well, I mean, one of the ones is the connectivity problem, like in the fact that um, can, in fact, uh, Halliburton County or this area attract um, a, a major or mid-sized employer where, where it doesn't mean they need to build a car plant here, where, in fact, it's a knowledge factory. I mean, I look at Patient News as one of the examples so where they they're over there but it's all connectable so i think connecting continuing to connect and may and give decent high-speed internet connections so people and there are people who have moved up here and are now working from home um so the connectability for people to be able to work from anywhere to anywhere else and in fact the ability to say to an employer you know what here's a beautiful place to live and work and here's some space that doesn't cost you as much as a major center, but we've got the connectability you need to be able to operate your business efficiently in this space. And then hopefully provide some jobs that are, you know, as minimum wage has gone up, but above minimum wage type jobs that then again, it leads to the fact that people can afford to either buy, rent, build, and live here mm -hmm. as opposed to um, commuting out or, or sadly, you know, moving out. I know, uh, you know, across Canada and North America, municipalities often court companies, uh, to come, you know, settle bases in their, in their townships. It, it sounds like that's almost what you're saying. Do you think the council has a role in, in helping promote Minden Hills as a tourist, as a destination for, for new industries or new companies? Well, I think the council has a role in just, I mean, through the, whether it's tourism or through anything and saying, you know, and shining a light on the fact that this is a, a beautiful place 
to be. This is a beautiful place to live. We're sitting there next to the river, which right now the water levels are low. And in fact, it's been years since, you know, we had, you know, we've had three quote hundred year floods. And, uh, you know, I've been, you know, I've been in Kitchener visiting my daughter and they said, hey, you're from Minden, how's the flood going? Right. So to essentially mitigate that, that reputation that all of a sudden we're underwater all the time because we're not. Um, and but no, I think council's job is is not really sailed. But again, to to have the departments either within the municipality or I think you know more more aptly within the county that there's that you know just like we we need more doctors that you know shine a light and say here we are we're we're a a small community. Um, yes, we have people who are here all the time, and we have people that are here for a weekend, and we have people that are here. For 12 weekends a year, it doesn't matter. The fact is, we all have a place, you know, uh, there's room here for all of us. Um, and yeah, council needs to, when given the opportunity, like if I'm in Kitchener and talking to somebody who wants to know how the flood waters eh, is explained to them. You know what? Those are aberrations. That's a managed water system. There are certainly some problems that occurred there. No, we do not flood every year. And I know uh, this is another kind of Halberton-wide or Halberton County-wide question, but the population has been really centered in older age groups, and even the crazy growth we've seen in the past couple of years has been primarily in people who are nearing retirement or retired. Um, do you think that's an issue? And if so, do you have any uh, concrete examples for how you'd work towards, you know, promoting this area as a as a place for younger people? I know we've touched on it a little well, bit before. It, I mean, it does go back to the to housing, and and the fact is. At the moment, especially in the last couple of years, with the way prices have, have have risen, and the fact is, I don't think you're going to be able to promote to a young family. I just went to a wedding of a, a young couple on the weekend, uh, starting out in the fact that they're going to be as you know be able to consider establishing a home base on a lakefront property here in the county anywhere because it's just not re you know it's not reasonable. Um, it's just unattainable right now. Um, I could not buy my own house if I had to today. I just couldn't. Um, is it a problem that middle-aged and, and old and, and, you know, more senior and pre-retirement people? I mean, I think it's been historic. A lot of people have, have come in their fixed income years or pre-fixed income years. I myself... Um, I, I was a weekend warrior for 10 years. My family lived here in town and I did not. Um, and people do that too. Is it a problem? It's, it's our reality. Uh, it's, it's a matter of attracting the younger demographic in a way that they can afford. Cause if they can't live here, they can't work here. And there've been calls for public transportation. I'm thinking of the <sighs> community safety and wellbeing plan. That was one of the things that they called for and other community groups have you know, said that that's needed. Um, in Halliburton County or in Minden Hills, is public transportation something that you'd want to see move forward in in Halliburton County or in Minden Hills? It, public transportation, I mean, it's 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 expensive, and it's not about buying a bus; it's about paying a driver to, to you know to drive a bus. I would actually, as and yes, we have some taxis around, but I think the people who really need, and I know we have the the volunteer services and all the rest of it. But if you're going to start, I think you have to, even just a mobility bus, um, because as you've mentioned, people are, are older. Um, they have, you know, my wife herself is disabled and I'm a caregiver for her. In the fact that sometimes 
getting to a doctor's appointment and they're not always here is a challenge and helping people out get to those appointments and in fact um, some level of a mobility bus would be a great start um and then 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 i guess after that you have to look at okay so where where's it gonna uh, do you want a bus to run around the town do you want a halliburton minden shuttle um it's a matter of what and it's not about what i think it should be it's about people who, who need a bus think it should be where you know and establishing the routes and 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 that it's got to be a reasonable price because there's no point in having a bus run around that people can't afford i guess that brings us back to one of the things we talked about rather at the beginning which was um you mentioned kind of having these discussions or kind of communicating these ideas to the public i think yeah you were talking about saying not saying no but saying how can we how can we move forward um i still just want to hear some you know concrete examples about how you put this into practice say for example if the topic of a bus came up in Minden Council, what would you do differently in order to find out what your constituents think of the idea? Or how would you actually go about uh, kind of, as you mentioned, kind of increasing that communication? Well, if it were brought to me, mm-hmm. like if somebody phoned me up or a number of people phoned me up and said, you know, we, this is something we really need, then I'd want to sit down with them first and, and sort of find out what it is there. You know, again, if you if you know what the goal is you're trying to achieve is, then you know, put something around it. So and then bring it forward, and then of course at that point, encourage at least three other people to support it. But then I th- I think we would have to go to broader like to the part. I don't think Minden itself can easily support a public transit system. But then you're actually looking at at funding out of like county, right? Um, so you can't run independent. And in fact, look into Lori Scott. Look into the government. Um, the provincial government and in fact down to Jamie Schmale and to say you know this is something this is a community there are other communities too that, that might be looking at doing this kind of thing and saying you know what this is something we need, we need. To, and, and again uh, building alliances and, and of course by doing that hopefully getting funding from all levels to support it because I think the, the idea that somehow we could just pay for it we need partners so building listening on the front end and then building those alliances at the other levels where possible and um and again and and if if it hit a roadblock there's people who are you know getting them to advocate too uh, there is you know never underestimate the power as is as, as saying margaret mead saying about a small group of committed citizens to change the world it's quite often it, it is the only thing that ever has so you need to shine a light on it, and you need to get people to to want it and need it and, and feel. That's the, I mean, the essence of getting anything done in change is that people understand it and, it, and somehow it reaches them and touches them. Um, there have been staff shortages at both hospital locations and possible closures throughout the summer have been uh, kind of warned about. Um, I guess that begs the question, you know, can Halliburton County support two hospitals? Um, would you be in favor of amalgamating amalgamating if, our health centers? If that meant um, a, a centrally located single, you know, ER, that's a possibility. If it means closing one or the other, no. Um, in the 80s, they built two ERs. I didn't understand it, I must admit then. You know, I was 
kind of a younger guy then and and was talking to my grandpa grandmother and my dad about that back in the 80s when I said well why why aren't they just building a Halliburton hospital as opposed to two and I'm not sure anyone really has a definitive answer for that but the the bottom line is they're here they this is a provincial thing and you know and and tell Lori and Jamie and all of the upper levels of government need to know neither of those two ERs is is up for discussion unless you want to build a, a Halliburton County emergency room and and if they do well find out where you're gonna do it and make sure it's central and make sure it's funded um, I have been well served um, in my own journey through cancer uh, by the Minden emerge in, in aftercare and my own doctor here in town in diagnosing so I mean healthcare and especially as you get to this thing with people moving up here slightly old, you know middle-aged to to retirement year health care is huge and I know people who have left this county uh, this city this municipality and other smaller centers because they feel they need to be closer to a big hospital we're never gonna have a big hospital but we need we need people to have a place to go to that's of a reasonable distance when they need that ambulance or whether they put a fish hook in their forehead yeah, and uh, I guess on that topic of amalgamation, it's kind of been a buzzword for decades around Halliburton County. Uh, would you be in support about moving towards amalgamation of Halliburton County in the future? Or in general, could you kind of come your thoughts on that? Oh, that being like the single, yeah, single, single level to go. Yeah. Um, even though if I'm successful in this, there's a potential that that would, you know, put, you know, take away a lot of council seats and perhaps put me out of a, a part-time, you know, gig yeah i would support that but i'd rather see more amalgamation and and that of services um because i really think it's important and i've answered this question before is i really think it's important that somebody knows somebody to call the fact is not a lot of people feel comfortable phoning uh laurie scott or jamie schmale because they don't know them mm. so when it is a small town um, and it's not hard to get to know somebody. I mean, you, if you want to meet about half the town between the liquor store, Canadian Tire, and Tim Hortons, you can do that. And the fact is to be approachable and, and, and to listen as opposed to being, you know, some aura of a higher level of government. So I'd rather see first uh, amalgamation of as many services, like, uh, again, making, moving things up, again, shuffling the money around in a way that makes it most efficient, for example, there are three levels of snow plowing. There's municipal, county, and then the contracted highway. So there's three teams of snow plowers. I'm not sure that's the most efficient way to do it, um, but read, we have uh, to plow the roads. Have you read the service delivery review from Strategy Corps? I have not. So they they mentioned um, moving towards kind of amalgamation in those methods, as you mentioned. Right. Um, I don't think snow plowing was one, but as far as waste management, as far as procurement uh, services. Fire. Fire, those yep. kind of things. So you're saying you'd, you'd kind of favor those kind of incremental or kind of yep. um, service. But, but if we want to, if, if, if it's a serious look, because it seems to be something that comes up six months before every election when there's no time to do anything about amalgamation. If there is a serious desire through the municipalities of, of Halliburton to actually look at a single-tier government, then let's start in January. Like, no, like it, it's going to take, it, it's a huge undertaking to do. So by the time we get to the next election, 
we're electing a county council as opposed to talking about doing it again. So if you want to do it, you know, if, if that is a, the will of the people to that they would rather get those efficiencies by having that county council, well, let's get on it and let's figure out how. It's not about me wanting it or not or saying no. It's about how are we going to do that in a way that's least disruptive, most efficient, and, and you know, you can vote yourself right out of a position um, because I assume a county council would be seven or eight or nine people from all across the realm and uh, maybe 10 and that's not going to allow i mean here we have seven and i guess uh it's another county topic but i know a lot of uh you know the voters in your ward care about as well the shoreline preservation bylaw yep what are your thoughts on the final document that's been voted in well it's i mean it's they got it through and it's in its final version um and and the scent you know i mean let's face it we don't want shorelines turned into what's that block you know cinder block walls with no vegetation i think now it's passed right they did pass what they passed but they're it's still you know we need to hire people and you know i'm still a little foggy on the implementation and i think everybody is i know there's you know when building permits are being put out and all the rest of it things will be flagged by the building department and and all those kind of things but you know there's places that maybe not be building that decide and that you can't see right and i know our bylaws now are pretty much no one's out looking for bylaw infractions it's a complaint driven system so i'm i'm concerned about the implementation but, I mean, you know, the environment and shorelines and all of those things are really important. Um, native plants. Um, I, as I said earlier, I, I don't have a problem with what they've passed. It's, but that just means we now have to put it in, in process. Are there municipalities going to actually have enforcement for that? Or, as, as I was reading, are they going to put it back to the, to the council? How is it all going to work? And, again... I don't think there was a big rush because four people on county council aren't running again to get it through. And the fact, and if the next council, whoever they are on county council, may want to change it or even repeal it, you know, at any given time, a bylaw can be changed, modified, altered, repealed, totally rewritten up to the council of the day. And I don't really think anyone's um, legacy um, could be, should be, or will be defined by any one bylaw it's it's a body of work mm. are there any specific parts of the revised bylaw that you are happy to see changed or parts that you still think need work well it's 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 an incredibly huge sort of compromising document with regards to very you know like if if there's a building thing if the, there's so many ifs so uh, it's actually a kind of a complicated what, what part read. specifically do you find well, you know, I mean, it, there's. Oh, sorry, my leg is falling asleep. Oh, no problem. Um, I mean, within the setback area is fine. Um, it's a complicated document, and then and I'm and I'm struggling for that. You know, you want the yeah. one, the one thing that that sticks out. Like I said, I think it's going to be an interesting implementation. 
But what, I think what parts is, specifically? Because I'm, I'm just trying to. I want to have concrete examples like, of aspects within yeah. the the new bylaw. Well, I, I think there, you know, when it comes down to the balance between the environment and 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 you know people and what they want to build and what they want to do, um, and I think we are trying to preserve, um, you know, the buffer zone and all of, all of of that. So the intent, the intent is honorable. Um, the exemptions are okay. But I still think it doesn't fit. It's there are going to be places where it's going to be a tough balancing act of uh, building by law, shoreline by you know like these. Mm. But I mean, that, that's all politicians yeah. speak. So I know people listening well, to this would want to hear yeah. what specific parts do you think are going to be tough to balance? Because I'm, I'm when I'm thinking of bylaw, it doesn't seem like I mean I can I you know you can point to specific areas of the bylaw like the the 20 meter setback that was landed on. Um, they provided it all in a you know a plain language document at the head of it. Right. What specific parts do you think are hard to balance? Um, you know what? That I think that's all going to come down, and it's it's not even in the bylaw. It's about people. It's about wants and desires of of um, a people, property owners, and what they want to do, and potentially the inflexibility and not wanting to abide by any given part of the not like the whole even the whole concept that you know it's my land well it's like you know what there are laws we have laws we have the charter of rights and freedoms but there are legitimate restrictions under the law for that we have the human rights code you know we have all of those things but you know i'm i mean if somebody needs to build a a concrete ramp for accessibility because mom's in a wheelchair and mm -hmm. all the rest of it i don't think the bylaw should stand in the way so it building a ramp. So in the bylaw, if you have yeah. a building permit, you can no, pretty much do it. Yeah, no, but I, what I mean is, then it depends on what you build, how you build. You know, mm -hmm. it, when you start mixing bylaws together, mm -hmm. right, and who, which part covers which, and, and of course shorelines are, mm -hmm. you know, MNR and all those things, it, it, it just gets interesting. And then, you, again, you get the people factor. You yeah. get the people factor that don't want to, or... Or the weekend, um, the weekend twelve trees that just disappear. I, I think those kind of things. And as long as I'm concerned about, as I said before, I'm concerned about the implementation. As long as it is seen to be reasonable and fair to people who are building, modifying, or even developing new mm -hmm. lands, it's going to be fine. It's when we hit that point. It's like the old story about recycling tires. It's like when it costs five bucks to put a tire in the dump, all the t all the tires ended up in the not all the tires, a lot of the tires ended up in the ditch. Mm -hmm. But when we change it so the five dollars is on the front end when you buy your tires, and it doesn't cost you to put them at the dump, the tires end up in the dump. So that sort of it, it's about everything is about people, right? And then of course it comes down to the implementation and the and the and um, personalities and how it's how it's interpreted, how it's enforced. When you look at the documents enforcement protocols now, what parts specifically do you think are going to be an issue? Because they lay out enforcement pretty clearly. Well, I think now it's and it comes down to, like who's doing it, whether it's municipal or or, or well, county they, level. In the document, it the, says they're going to hire two county yeah. bylaw enforcement officers. Yeah. Well, then it, then it's then it's on them, yeah. um, and it may be just style, right? Again, we're dealing with people and emotions and wants and desires for their properties um so i think any whether it's municipal or, or, or county staff i mean they need to treat people 
you can tell somebody something they don't want to hear in a very nice, respectful way. Mm-hmm. So I think, the, you know, and, and, and I would like to think through consultation, mediation, and, and, and all of those wonderful things that we'll be able to kind of figure out and stick handle through all of that without a lot of litigation. Because people complain about politicians and they say, well, that's, you know, I can't talk about that because it's before the courts because someone has chosen to litigate that. And that's the answer you have to give. But instead, like, how? Get the how. How are, how can we protect the shoreline? How can we implement the bylaw in a fashion that is fair even and, and, and that people accept as being fair? Because, you know, uh, engagement in local politics is sometimes, or even provincial politics, is at a low level. And so is sometimes the, peop- the thoughts that people have about people who run for positions in them, like but, me. So I have to ask: Have yeah. you read the Have you read the most recent bylaw? And it's exact and it's full text, not the whole thing. No. And so I guess that comes back to so you're saying engagement is low, but this is the most important bylaw of the past four years, which you're saying you haven't um, read the whole thing. I think I don't know that it's the most important. It is the most um, sort of looked through. I don't. Uh, you know what? I still think that when you, if you walk across that road mm. and ask 10 people whether or not that is on their top five list of issues in the county, I think they're going to still say housing, roads, healthcare, taxes, before they say that it is, it has been worked to the infinity of effort. But I don't think that you're going to find people think it is the number one issue in the in the town or in the county. I just have one more question, and then we'll get to taxes at the end to keep people yeah, sure. on their toes here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, next on the county's radar uh, is short-term rentals. And I know, again, it's a county issue, but it's something that's happening in almost every ward, and especially in, in Minden Hills. Yep. Um, do you think that they have a place in Minden Hills, or do you think there needs to be more regulations? When you hear short-term rentals, what comes to mind as far as municipal council? Well, I mean, I think everyone's answer is Airbnb, right? Because it's just the name that goes with it. But, I mean, the reality is... Since people have, you know, this used to not be a cottage area, right? Mm. People could not drive. People could not travel 100 kilometers or 50 kilometers, even from Lindsay, to to go to a lakefront place. Where I live used to be a farm on the waterfront. I mean, imagine if there was any farm on the waterfront at this point. But even since those days, it's not new, the fact that people have rented their place for a week a year because they they've been offsetting the expenses of having a property right and that's not new it's just new that you can do it on the internet so is there you know and and it's and there have been places you know it's it's about capacity and and potential you know disruption depending on again it's about who rents it right and ultimately the people responsible are the owners right and i know people said well what about the septic system if you have 20 people up for a weekend well it's going to see some use um and and i hope hopefully a system doesn't fail but a system if a system has to be pumped out more often than it ought to be uh then maybe it needs a new system so uh, the reality is it's going to happen whether it's online or whether it's quietly you know between family members who share properties and bring friends or whatever i mean it's going to happen um Regulation, but not to the point of overly stifling, is probably appropriate at the county level. Um, 
and hopefully drafting up something that addresses the problems and not the concept. Mm. And just lastly here, um, when I think about taxes, as you mentioned, uh, you know, I guess taxes are, are really the, the biggest thing as far as kind of setting council's priorities and, and agenda. Um, when you think of what Ward 1's priorities are and, and what your priorities are, what's most important for you when it comes to tax season? What, what items do you think are worth spending the most on? What things uh, uh, are you okay kind of sacrificing a little bit on? I heard you talking about roads a lot, but I wanted to kind of ask the question, I guess, point blank. Oh, well, absolutely. If roads. Mm. Roads. Uh, Scotch Line, Bob Cajun Road at the North End, Queens Line. Bringing, you know, roads need to be addressed. Whether it's, can you do everything in one year? Probably not. But at least get the focus on, like I said at the beginning, hopefully in four years where people can can actually take it off their list of a top five, where they can say, you know what, I'm much more concerned about housing and healthcare and 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 all those you know other things as opposed to, um, you know, make it take it out of the conversation so that roads are built and maintained to a level that it's not an issue anymore. So spending money on roads, of course. Um, I think it's it's also not just about it's about the expense of living, but it's also the expense of not of dying. In the fact that I was on years ago, I was on a municipal cemetery um, committee where we brought in the uh, the columbaria, which is the, the those monument uh, burial things. There's one here and one at Twelve Mile, um, where people can actually get an affordable um, permanent way to you know place to be for eternity without having to buy and do a full body grave i also think we need to look at uh, at green burials as, as you know going into that but i mean right now roads preservation of health care reasonable and and not that i think is reasonable that people in ward one will think is reasonable as a level of of, of tax increase because i guarantee you there's going to be one but it's got to be reasonable and you have to you have to sell it and 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 this is not a this is not a year for frills. Mm. This is not a year for things that that look nice but don't you know don't accomplish a purpose. We need to be purpose oriented, um, and we need to you know and and where we have the gaps and so on. I mean, we need to fill in the staff. So we're you know like so we're not using consultants. So we actually are are spending money on people who work for us. Because if you want to, as an employer. If you want people to invest in their in their jobs, then you need to invest in them. They need to feel that they are treated with you know respect, uh, civility, and and uh, all of those things in the workplace, and that people have the you know that mistakes get made, and uh, training is happening. I think everybody should. It's a municipal public servants are servants of a, of the public, and they need to treat. And I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying the focus should be on. Uh, respectful, dignified communications, explaining the system, and when there when something comes up that uh, that that you know you don't if you don't like a bylaw, call a counselor. Um, but I but ask the staff what what the thing says. But anyway, but the what the bylaw says. But I think it's going to be a really challenging year on the budget level, just because of let's face it, everybody's paying eight percent more for everything, including. Uh, the municipality. Just lastly here, what's your vision for Minden Hills? When you look ahead, say, 10 years, where do you want, what do you want your town to look like? 
Well, I'd like to see some, and this wouldn't be in the first couple of years right now, some sort of downtown rejuvenation would be great. Um, I have, I'd like to see, I have no problem with community safety zones and kind of slowing things down and making it safe for our kids to, you know, walk the streets and travel and cross the roads. Uh, I'd actually like to see Highway 35 down to 60 kilometers an hour out there because it's a really busy place and people are going by at 100. But I, I, I mean, I, I'd like to see a place where people, first of all, stop asking us about the floods. But in fact, a place where it is of limited controversy of just, you know, you know, things are, things are, even if we get to the point where people say, you know what, things are okay, right? And that's not a lofty goal things are okay i'm happy with where i live i'm happy with with my roads i'm happy with the taxes i pay this is the place as long as i can i want to spend either all of my weekends through the through whatever part of the year or my life right uh, that people want to be here and that people are not looking to move south to move north to move east to move west that this is a place um that they want to be and I'm, I, uh, I know it's hot out here, but I, I keep remembering questions that I'm asking your, uh, your running mates and I figure, oh, I've oh, got to okay. ask you as well. So when you mentioned vision for the downtown, for instance, um, what are the concrete steps you, you take in order to get there? Do you have any ideas for how you'd approach some of these long-term items like the downtown? Um, how would you actually going about fulfilling this vision um, as a counselor? Well, I think the first thing I do is paint the lines on the parking spots because... I don't know where they are, um, but again, I know there's some. There's a couple of plots of land that that, that I believe the township owns along the street that are vacant. So, do something with them. Whether or not it's a township initiative, or and I know we can't make money, or whether it's getting them into something else. But when you, I, I know it's a, a delicate balance between traffic and parking, um, and what kind of businesses want to be in the downtown area. But just making it a welcoming sort of environment so that there is enough parking because sometimes there's not. Um, and maybe that means finishing off the, the flat lands over here and, and, and getting more parking. And, um, and, you know, and not make it, you know, an advertising that, you know, there is a downtown, that there is a great place called the Dominion Hotel over there and maybe figuring out what's going to happen with the Rockcliffe location because it seems to be mired in some sort of um, roadblock and um, and talking to the business owners and saying so what you know again asking the question what do you need how are we going to make this downtown a place where people want to be from eight in the morning Monday morning till eight in the evening Sunday night what do you ask them they they work here they live here their businesses are here find out what their vision is and and trying as much as possible to implement that and make it better perfect well i will leave it there there's still some questions we didn't get to but we're almost at an hour so i want to be mindful of your time just to sign off do you have anything uh i, I guess i'll leave the floor open to you anything you want people to really know about you and your platform that we didn't really touch on um, we touched on a lot, and I certainly appreciate your 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 style and tenacity. Um, but there's, you know, there is so much more. And again, it's and and when I've when I talk to people, when people say, "What is your platform?" My platform 
is to be your your voice, to be your advocate, as I've done for many years in other forms, whether it's labor, disability, and, and so on, um, is to essentially listen, uh, listen a lot. You know, we have two ears and one mouth. So listen twice as much as we talk. Listen, get it right, and advocate your needs, whether it's your roads or, you know, whatever it may be. And that, again, it comes down to, uh, and you didn't mention Bob Lake again, but it comes down to a community need there. Bob Lake needs a boat launch somehow, some way. And I'm not saying I have the answer. I'm saying I need the answer from them so we can get it done because how can you have a lake? without a public boat launch. So you're saying you, you'd be open to reopening that file, kind of taking Oh, absolutely. It. it has to be solved. And and that's, I think, in general, you know what? When something comes up, you can't, you need to make a decision, right? If it's a no-go, right, for whatever the issue is, and you know you can't get the support for it, then maybe you can present it in another way. Like, there's creative ways of, of making things happen. But... It's a matter of, again, making issues important to people, enough people, that change can be affected. Um, and I don't, you know, like I said, I, you know, I believe you'll find there's room here for all of us, whether or not we're here 365 days a year or 52 days a year. This is an incredible mix of people, of backgrounds, of, of, of economic status, of everything. And you know what? So be it. That's, it's a beautiful place to be, and I'm said i'm gonna draw my last breath here i don't know when that'll be but i hope it's not too soon and um i look forward to working with i mean we have the mayor has been acclaimed the deputy mayor has been acclaimed we, uh, ward three has been acclaimed i really want to see a council that can sit down make decisions and not essentially fight about it essentially when you come to a decision that's a decision and work well together so that so the issue of councils are not the news, like the issue of, of council communication and council, you know, um, personalities are not the news. The news is what we're doing to make this town, municipality, Anson Hinden and Minden, and in fact, Letterworth and Snowden, everything, what we're doing to improve Minden Hills in a reasonable way to be proactive as much as we can. And when it's, when it's, when we need an, a, a, an instant response to a crisis that we are ready for that. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to do. Well, thank you so much for your time. What Are We Doing is a podcast produced by Justin Van Leishout in partnership with The Highlander. Reporters working on this project include me, Sam Gillett, our editor, Lisa Gervais, and Mike Baker. Be sure to follow along as we cover candidates in your riding, as well as everyone running for election across Halliburton County. Music in this episode is from Kashaga, and our cover art is from Jason Yates, who can be found on Instagram at jy.inc.